Sorry to bother you, everybody, but welcome to the latest episode of the Films with Fura podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You had to start it with that. Of course I did. Yeah, of course. A nice little teaser for what we've got coming later in the show. Uh, as always, I'm your host and the editor-in-chief of filmswithferrara.wordpress.com, Dominic Ferrara. And also joining me, as always, is our senior editor and my fantastic co-host, Mr. TJ Blankenship. Hello. Here with uh, this first, with Comic-Con this weekend. Yes. Big stuff coming. Next week's show, we'll talk all about it. We even got a little bit of news we'll discuss uh, today that broke later, earlier in the day. But let's just jump right in. We have some breaking news. It broke about 30 minutes ago. I don't know if you, I don't even know if you've seen this news. Uh, Zossie Beats from FX's Atlanta. She also played Domino in Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Is in talks to join Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, the film from Warner Brothers based on the DC villain, the Joker. Hmm. In an undisclosed role of some sort, I believe. Hmm. She's a good actress, so yeah, I, I'll take her in anything. If we're being yeah, real I will here. too. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a big fan of hers. I love Atlanta. I thought she was one of the stronger points of Deadpool too. I I thought there were, um, you know, certain things about that movie that worked, and certain things that most definitely did not. Um, yeah, and I I think she's one of them that did. She would, you go, she's she, great. She would play a single mother who catches the interest of the man who will become the clown prince of crime. Okay, sure. Sounds hmm. a heck of sounds a hell of a lot like her role on Atlanta, though, where she also plays I mean, a single mother. I mean, you said you wanted more Zazie Bates. There you go. There you go. Typecasting, everyone. Let's go. <laughs> Why Alfonso Riviera hasn't been in anything great since Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I, my brother and I have an argument all the time because he refused. I just call him Carlton and I tell him everyone yeah, on earth just calls him Carlton. And he's like, no, his name is Alfonso Ribeiro. I'm like, no, it, it's Carlton. It, it's Carlton. Yep. Ever since that role, he's been typecast and that's why he hasn't been anything else because he just keeps declining stuff because he didn't Correct. be typecast. And then he decided to do Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, and he's back now. All the way back. Did, wait, didn't he, he win did? that? Big stuff from from Carlton. He 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 also managed to incorporate. I know I know he did the he dance. Incorporated the Carlton into every single dance he did on that show. Every single one. It was yeah. majestic. Yeah. All right, but yeah, that's the breaking news. Uh, I I am yeah more saucy beats. We're good. That's I'm all set there. Roll sounds right for her. Whatever. All right, let's get to the big news of the day. The biggest. In a press release this morning to CNBC, Comcast officially announced they have dropped out of the bidding for most of the assets of 21st Century Fox, meaning it is done. Uh, Once the shareholders for Fox vote on the 27th, Disney will officially take over the majority of 21st Century Fox's assets. That's in a week, and I am so excited. Eight days until this thing is, is just about done. They've already received federal approval. Um. On the condition that they sell the Fox regional sports networks, because that would create a monopoly mm-hmm. with ESPN, uh, obviously. And they also, and, and also the news too. Uh, they don't get; they were never getting Fox News anyways. So, yeah, exactly. 
Because that, that also would be a monopoly. Well, right. they, they were never even planning on right? That was what Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch wanted to hold on to was news and sports. So he, he got rid of the regional yeah. sports networks, but Disney's going to sell those off to other parties that are interested, um, including some like cable networks. Facebook might be interested in some of them as well, from what I read. Uh, but most importantly, obviously, this means Disney gets FX. It gets Nat Geo. It gets... Uh, now it would be a controlling stake in Hulu. I believe it's like 66% or so they would have of Hulu. Uh, and also all of the superheroes, including X-Men, Fantastic Four, say, And most importantly, the film and TV studios, which would lend them the rights to franchises such as X-Men, Fantastic Four, Deadpool, Alien, Planet of the Apes, Avatar, which of course is still the highest grossing. This means Ripley ever. is a Disney Correct. princess. Uh, so is this, and so is uh, the Queen, Queen Alien. Big stuff. Um, let's see, The Simpsons. They get Home Alone, Die Hard. All of that goes into the Disney catalog. Um, more than likely to be used as content, I think, to fill up their streaming service, which we'll talk about more later, which is set to launch next year. I feel, I feel like they should just use so much cheaper than launching their own platform. Well, they're, they're using Hulu for some of the darker stuff they want to do, but they want to keep this Disney thing sort of sort of lighter, it seems. But if yeah. you can load it up with FX content and you can load it up with your own original content um, as well as Fox content, yeah, if you could just load up both Hulu because now you have that controlling stake and your own service with, with all sorts of content, then you're all set. I mean, it's Disney. They're set no matter what. Right. This is a $71 billion content purchase. That's $71 billion is. <laughs> that is more money than either one of us will ever see in our entire Correct. lives. Combined by a lot of dollars. Yeah. By, a, by a long shot. Jeff Bezos is laughing, though. <laughs> It's okay. His employees ooh, ooh, aren't. Well, well, we're going there. All right. <laughs> you might say the same. I mean, Relatable people have been, comedy. You know, you might say the same about Disney too. But I, I no. Yeah. But I think uh, obviously this is a huge acquisition. Now Disney and well slash Fox and Comcast are left to fight out over Sky, which is like the British Fox essentially. Um, but this is. So it doesn't. It but doesn't this matter. is a well. It it does matter, especially overseas. But but obviously, yeah. this allows Disney to bring even more of their Marvel characters into the fold in this massive Marvel universe. I can't wait to see how they handle Deadpool. That's the one I'm really interested to see what they do, not just in bringing over that uh, tone, but in how they in like whether they bring Ryan Reynolds back, and if they do, how do they address it? Like. Um, yeah, they'll find a creative way to do it in the movie, I assume. But I'm sure, I'm sure Fox will just be the distributing part of it. It'll be a Disney-funded project or whatever, but Fox will do all the distributing well, and stuff. But, and... but Disney becoming Fox in the movie studio here, they could still have the Fox fanfare before it or whatever. I'd just be interested to see yeah. um, how they would market it because Disney obviously still gets all the profits at the end now, so. Um, yeah. This also, they add, obviously they add the Avatar franchise. Obviously the first Avatar is the highest grossing film of all time at the worldwide box office. So is that still the case? That is that very much still the case. 
Oh, um, I'm still Avatar made almost 2.8 billion dollars worldwide. It's not close. There's Jeez. about a there's Jesus. about a 600 million dollar difference between Avatar and Titanic. Between one and two. Uh, Avatar just overseas, no domestic, brought in over two billion dollars. Yeah. That's outrageous. So, and that's Avatar two is set for December 18th, 2020. So Disney already has like their Christmas release anchor for the year now. Yeah. Um, right. Even if it doesn't make $2.8 billion, which it clearly won't. I still imagine it's going to do nuts in China. Absolutely yes, monster numbers. Even if it doesn't do nearly as well here in the U.S. If it, did, if it didn't, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, because the first one did 765 domestically and box yeah. office mojo just went down what just happened i was on it and now it's down <laughs> i clicked it and now i clicked a button and suddenly it was down but yeah that's that's beside the point you still are getting a billion dollars there just purely based on on the insane amount of money it's gonna make in china so there's your anchor you get to further you get to further anchor the marvel cinematic universe for years to come, you take on all sorts of cool franchises. Yet Disney is just—it's asserting dominance again. Yep, just what they do. Uh, but yeah, yep. obviously <laughs> this is a, a landscape-changing deal, not just in terms of of the, the the movies, but the TV production to allow Disney can now, for the first time in their history, I produce their shows in house. Uh, which also saves them a ton of money on licensing out their shows. So basically, just more 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 right. money for. Right. Them and else. now they get to they get the let's see Fox, uh, Beyond. I this release schedule is not going to work now because Box Office Mojo is down. This this is terrible. This completely ruins everything I was about to do. Oh boy, this is actually bad. Um, let's see Fox Studios upcoming releases. They get Avatar. In terms of movies they take on, they take on Dark Phoenix. I'd be interested to see how they handle that. Um, potentially, I don't know how Disney will handle that, just because obviously they're getting ready to probably reboot that whole franchise. They take on the Bob the Bob <laughs> Burgers movie. What a wild scene! Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'll be happy with that. That one will turn out. We good, sure? We, we sure about that? I like Bob's Burgers. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what Disney wants <laughs> to do here. But that's all they really take on in terms of commitment from like 2020 on is like Bob's Burgers, Avatar, and a couple of movies that could get canned should they want. Bob's Burgers. Gambit Gambit will finally bite Again, the dust. I, I was looking at the release schedule for, for next summer, and Gambit was still on there, and I've never laughed harder in my life. Both of us know that 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 thing is done. Like it, that movie's never getting made ever. No, it, I, I've never laughed harder. That, it that was it done. was unbelievable that that movie was still on the on the release schedule. Um, that movie will officially bite the dust. Uh, probably the next X Men movies. Yeah, but you have Dark Phoenix and New Mutants, but those are basically done. So those will get released. But they won't get released under the Marvel Studios banner. I assume they'll they'll keep yeah. that under Fox, with, in association with Marvel, kind of like they did with Venom, 
and yeah. then after that, it'll it'll change. Same with X Force, probably, because I I don't think Disney is willing to turn down all that money that they would get there. Yeah, exactly. Um, on an X Force movie, so we'll see. All right, let's move on. But Disney gets Fox, big time stuff. We knew it was coming, but it's done. Seventy one point two billion dollars. Oof, it's crazy. Plus debt, so which much money, to like ninety billion, which is nuts to me. All right, next up, uh, it was announced today. This came out of nowhere. I was not expecting this announcement at all today. Um, Ron Howard is going to produce an adaptation of Jonathan Larson's autobiographical musical Tick, Tick, Boom with Hamilton writer and star Lin-Manuel Miranda set to make his feature directorial debut. He's going to direct for the first time. Um Miranda starred in an off-Broadway production of this show, I believe, in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is obviously the, a stunning piece of news from today. Uh, didn't see it coming. I'm all for it, though. I'm all for it. Everything he touches is... Right, it feels like everything he touches turns to gold. And I, I, this, he's, he loves this musical. He's very passionate about it. I know he's going to bring it um, as much as he can. I'm just interested that he really kind of only done like one huge movie and here he is directing already, which is, which is interesting. Uh, just in terms of acting. And the one big huge, and the one big huge movie being uh, Mary Poppins, Mary which Poppins, is set right? for December 19th this year. It's his first big acting movie, but he's also he also helped out so much. Well, with doing the music, Moana right? And everything. But this, too. but this is like yeah. Mary Poppins is his first sort of big movie he's he's starred in. Right. Um. He's done he's done music for any number of movies, and I I figured he would he could he would produce more than direct right now. I thought he'd want to get his his bearings a little bit, but here he is. He's he's taking on a directorial effort. Ron Howard's producing. Uh, which is helpful, obviously, for a first-time filmmaker. <laughs> Should be. I'm looking forward to it. This. Th- this seems like this should work. Low budget, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Jonathan Larson, as well. Real quick, while we're on the topic of Tick Tick Boom, I know he's been dead for 20 plus years, but still stinks. Well, hello again, guys. Sorry about the uh, the connection issues there. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but as we were saying, uh, Rip Jonathan Larson, it's still a tough loss 20-plus years later. Um, yeah. He, I don't know if you know the story, but obviously he wrote Rent, uh, which turned out to be one of the longest-running uh, shows in the history of Broadway. And... He died the night before its first Broadway preview. He never saw it performed on Broadway. So he doesn't even know the success of his no, work. No, he, he died literally the night before. Yeah, that's awful. So I'm glad we're, that uh, Rent's obviously going to live on forever. There's a movie. They'll revive it in every, every so often for the rest of time. Um, yeah, Steven Spielberg's working on it he's now, doing, isn't he? That's West or is that... Yeah. Same thing. And uh, Le Manuel Miranda is going to immortalize Tick Tick Boom for the big screen. So that's cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Moving on. After a lot of effort there trying to get the connection back. <laughs> Ten years later, 
not not with the the connection, but in general, ten years after the original movie came out, Zombieland Two is happening. It's been confirmed since like right after the first. Well, one. it's been rumored, like it's been rumored, but it's finally confirmed. It's happening. It's coming next October. Um, with the original cast back, including stunningly, I can't believe they got Emma Stone back for this. If we're being real here. Uh, it was wasn't it like her like first like big movie? Yes. Yeah, I'm not surprised then. That was like one of her big breakouts, but I still am surprised she'd come back knowing she yeah, was like that and e- it was like that and Easy A were her first like two big huge like blockbuster. Yeah, yeah it's movies. set for where to go? October 19th, I think, right in time for the 10 year anniversary. That's what I thought. I'm looking though. I'm not seeing it. Did they just not set the actual date, maybe? No, they did. I think it's October 19th. Did Box Office Mojo just not put it on here? Zombieland 2, October 11th of 2019. I was close enough. Whatever. <laughs> um, for whatever reason, it's... I it's, Oh, yeah, there it is. I went right past it. It's set on the same day as... MG, wow, there are five movies coming out that day. Christ. Um, MGM's animated Adams Family movie... The adaptation of the novel *The Gold Fi- uh, The Goldfinch*, not *The Goldfish*, with Ansel Elgort and Sarah Paulson. Paramount's adaptation of the classic Nickelodeon show or Canadian show *Are You Afraid of the Dark*? It probably aired on Nickelodeon. And Disney's *Jungle Cruise* movie with The Rock and Emily Blunt. Oh, *The Rock* versus the big. The show. Rock and Emily Blunt versus Jesse Plemons in *The Jungle*. <laughs> I, I, oh I, only on the condition if Jesse Plemons gets to play his character from Gabe Knight <laughs> that's that's the movie I want <laughs> yes we need it he is so good in that movie <laughs> I didn't realize how good of an actor he was until that movie yeah he's phenomenal in everything he was amazing on Fargo season 2 as well he was great in Breaking Bad yeah turns out he's just good wow Wow, who would have who would have thought that someone on a show like Breaking Bad would be a good actor? But no, Zombieland Two, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Abigail Breslin are all back. Ruben Fleischer's coming back to direct. They're basically just getting the gang back together. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The first Zombieland is a, a surprisingly fun, entertaining movie. I I just wonder financially whether this is going to do well because I'm sure Emma Stone is getting a quite a hefty pay raise from the first one as is jesse eisenberg who was as is woody harrelson jesse eisenberg was not an oscar nominee before he took this i don't know if woody harrelson was but he was not an oscar nominee when the first zombie land came out and then he was nominated for social network uh, social network yeah social network is unbelievably good andrew yes he got robbed of an oscar nomination for that himself um, but yeah, and then yeah, he got I mean, robbed of Emma Stone. Hey, oh, <laughs> right. It all comes around. Oh, man. But Emma Stone has her Oscar now. So, too. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, this is. Yeah, this is just a fun little, um, fun little movie. You definitely just just go and see it with with some friends. I would think that's that's the purpose of this movie. But I also want to know because I know the first one didn't do massive numbers, like, but the financial aspect that this looks like 
it did a lot better on home video, and I think home video is what has like saved. Oh wow, the day this movie did a lot better than I thought it did. It did. It was made for twenty five million, which this is not gonna. This is gonna cost more than twenty five million dollars. With the oh, yeah. with the cast raises as such, and it made a hundred million bucks worldwide. But it's still obviously your budget's going up. When now instead of paying young actors, you're paying Oscar nominees and Oscar winners. Yeah. And they're the same people. Uh, also, uh, someone has to play the Bill Murray role. I don't know who, but someone has to play. I was just about to. I was just about to mention Bill Murray. Who, who, who do you think should be like the Bill Murray of this movie? Elon Musk. <laughs> that would be wild. At this point. He was he was in Iron Man too, so at this point, like I'm, I wouldn't even be I was, surprised. I was gonna say I was gonna say Clooney. Yeah, I could Clooney see that. Clooney would be funny. Uh, I don't know why I said Elon Musk was just the first thought because that popped into memes. my head. <laughs> TJ memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, that's actually probably the exact <laughs> reason why. <laughs> uh, him and me being me doesn't like to admit him and it. His cave submarines. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah, all right. Zombie Land 2. It's a thing. It's happening finally, 10 years later. All Yay. right. Let's move on. <laughs> Frozen 2 is also very much happening. Um, Not as much of a yay. Still, I discovered this doing research for a project I did for a class this semester. Highest grossing movie in the history of the Japanese box office. So <laughs> there you go. Frozen. Big time stuff. It made like $1.3 billion, I think, not counting the. Billions upon billions of dollars. Disney definitely made merchandising that movie. Uh, I was going to ask, what what class was this for? This was a, a class we were doing. It was like supposed to be based on like economics, and I was talking about modern box office. It was like an economics renaissance literature crossover class. It was not great. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And you were allowed to, for, for your class presentation, which was worth 40% of the, the, the grade for the class, he gave you a list of topics. You're like, you can cover this in the Renaissance, or you can cover this in the modern era. And one of them happened to be box office, which is basically me putting together a 10-minute mini version of this podcast. I mean, I basically made a 10-minute mini version of this podcast for a, a project in my seminar class about Beautiful. memes. So. I, I, it was... It was the that. easiest project. This was supposed to be, by the way, like a semester-long research project. And I was like, mm-hmm. I already know all this. I know what numbers I'm going to look at. I know which movies I want to use as examples. It was just a matter of, of cobbling t- together sources that would sound credible enough to use on an academic project. It was glorious. Absolutely glorious. <laughs> Did you Did you use any sources? Oh, oh I, I use those scholarly sources. All right. I think there was a – I, I could only <laughs> find like one. So most of it was like CNN articles and whatnot, but it all came together. <laughs> Wikipedia for box it office. It was numbers. box office mojo. I, I was like, yeah, this is like my entire, this is where everything is. That's the thing. Like doing a project on box office, there's one website that you really need. Yeah. What'd you end up getting on that project? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Again. This is, this is Dominic Ferrara we're talking about we, here. Did, I was like, oh, <laughs> I've never been more in my bag on a project ever. This is perfect. <laughs> That's how I felt about the meme project. <laughs> Um, by the way, I was talking this morning. No one's ever been more in their bag. This is going to be a standalone point. We're not going to go any discussion. 
No one's ever been more in their bag at anything than the guy who invented Un- Uncrustables. Okay, we're moving on now. Uh, uh, <laughs> we have to go more in depth. What? <laughs> I mean, I, don't don't get me wrong. I love my Uncrustables, but think but about <laughs> think about it. Frozen PB and J, you can just take out and eat any time. You don't even have to make it. I freaking love an Uncrustable, dude. I keep Again, them in the fridge. No one has ever been more in their bag. Mm. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But Frozen 2, it's a movie. It's definitely happening. <laughs> it's set for Thanksgiving of 2019. And now Evan Rachel Wood from Westworld and Emmy winner Sterling K. Brown are in talks to join the voice cast. I mean, there's only we don't know characters, so there's only so much we can talk about. But uh, sure. Yes. All in. I like both of these people. Yes. I have no complaints about either one. I, my only complaint is that they have to waste their talent on Frozen 2. Well, Evan Rachel Wood is excellent on Westworld. She is. She is great. She's one of the best parts and of the show. Sterling K. Brown has been, like, the best revelation of, like, the last, like, two or three years for me. Ever since OJ. OJ, Because right? I watched that OJ show, yeah. and you know I couldn't shut up about it. Because I, I... I mean, it's okay. I finally watched it. It's, an, like, it's oh, yeah. amazing TV, right? And I was like, who is Wait. this guy? Playing Chris Darden, because I had never heard of him before, and he was unbelievable on that show. Yeah, it was basically yep, that was the role that really got him yeah. famous. I was like, well, he's this guy's amazing. Like, how did it take so long for the world to know about this guy? Be, be, because right. roles and because he's, right. well, he's a minority. Well. But he got he got the right role at the right time because. Yes, he really did. He yeah, was great in show. Incredible stuff on that show. Um, if you haven't watched The People versus O.J. Simpson, I, I don't know what you're doing. It's on Netflix. Right? It's on Netflix. Go watch it. <coughs> um, a little tickle in the throat there. It's, it's never good. But yeah, um, Evan Rachel Wood, Sterling K. Brown, Frozen 2, sure. Get a little star power in there. Maybe, maybe Evan Rachel yep. Wood will... Uh, Give the internet what they want here, along with Disney, and, and give Elsa a girlfriend. We'll find out here. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh gosh, I can already see the the, the hissy fits the adults are going to throw on Twitter. The boycott Frozen Two makes two billion dollars. <laughs> It'll make a lot more than that on merchandise. That's my favorite part about when whenever something like that happens, and it's always obviously. <laughs> Let's let's boycott this because we don't agree with this because, the message, right. and then it makes five hundred thousand right. dollars. Uh, Rogue One, they wanted to boycott Rogue One, it made a billion dollars. They wanted to boycott you know, boycott Beauty and the Beast, it made a billion dollars. They wanted to boycott The Last Jedi and then remake it. <laughs> uh, I still want to see that. I need that to happen. As as, as sad as it is, I do too. <laughs> I I just I just want to see the trash fire of the movie that that would be. I mean, even Mark Hamill and Ryan Johnson are on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah, do better, please. (laughs) But like he's like, yes, my movie was awful. Please top me, please, please. I dare you. Disney, don't ever let me touch another Star Wars movie. Gets handed his own trilogy. He, he, I'm excited for that. Sorry, like oh, I am too. I thought he did a great job on Last Jedi. I did too. All right, next up, the last big news story here. Uh, We touched on it a little bit last week, the controversy, but it's official. Scarlett Johansson has exited Rub and Tug um, after being roasted 
for the better part of a, a solid like two weeks on Twitter um, for take, accepting the role of a transgender male after, after, let's not forget, taking on the lead role in Ghost in the Shell. Absolutely incredible stuff. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, say, I was gonna say, how are you, how are you gonna say that, why, or the reason why she could for being roasted? Yes, that's, uh, that sums it up just about perfectly. Yeah, yeah, she got demolished for like a week straight. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I was like, did you oh, not man. learn your lesson after Ghost in the Shell? Did you really not? No. And she didn't. She very much did not. So hopefully, this makes the whole Black Widow thing a little bit easier to swallow, since she exited. She's gonna stay on as a producer. Uh, which hopefully means she will actually cast a transgender actor in this role. Um, which would be awesome. Hopefully. Because um, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a major Hollywood movie with a transgender lead. I know we've had independent films with it. There's a, a big-time TV show on FX called Pose with the largest transgender cast in the history of television right now. It's an excellent show as well. There's a watch if you haven't. Yeah. But I've heard good things about it. But yeah, it, yeah, this is the right move for ScarJo. Sorry, it's, it just is. Yeah, I mean, she. what else could she do? Yeah, uh, stop taking roles that clearly she shouldn't be doing. Such as the yeah, role of an Asian fine. woman. Or the role of a transgender male. Or a role. Any role. Maybe just take a break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless it's Marvel related. You can, you can stay on for that if you want. Alright, we got some trailers to talk about. So, some wild ones. We're going to save the one I know you really want to talk about for last. Because, oh boy, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's one we, uh, know we need to talk about. I have, I have, I have, I have anything to do. <laughs> I have thoughts and they are not good ones. No, they are most definitely <laughs> not good ones. But let's start with, uh, Cause it, it was, it was not good Bohemian trailer. Rhapsody, the new, uh, <sighs> the Freddie Mercury biopic. Oh, oh, I, it's not. It is not a Freddie Mer- Mercury biopic. I'm getting that out of the way now. It is a Queen biopic after this Freddie Mercury died. Good. No, I'm it so disappointed. Not, this trailer was not good, and I think Rami Malek looks good, and that's about it. And everyone knew that he was going to do. He was going to be good. Like as soon as he was cast, everyone was like, "Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. This is this is good. I like and, I, Rami Malek and, was so is so good on Mr. Robot." Specifically that first season. And then as soon as uh as soon as Brian Singer was kicked off the project, that's when everyone was like, Huh. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. So yeah. Uh, there's not much less. This movie doesn't look good. I f- completely forgot about a news story. Uh Timothy Chalamet is gonna do Denise Villeneuve's adaptation of Dune. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that yesterday. That's just awesome. Sorry. I I've got nothing else. That's awesome. A good actor and a good director doing a good movie. Yeah, Let's do it. It's supposed to be a two-part adaptation. Um, but yeah, he's an awesome young actor, one of our, our finest. Did he feel one of his, one of my favorite directors working today? Yeah, I'm all in. Get, get, inject it yeah, into my too. veins. Let's go. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Matt... Pop uh, that wrist. And, and Matthew <laughs> Reese also is going to do the, the Mr. Rogers biopic, You Are My Friend, with Tom Hanks. <sighs> With Tom Hanks? I, I oh, don't need man. to say anything else. Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers is the greatest casting in any film of all time. So, Tom Hanks is not only the greatest man in America, now he is also playing the other greatest man in America. Correct. Tom Hanks will not rest until he plays all of the great legends of society. Walt Disney, now Mr. Rogers. We're on. 
He needs to do Bob Ross next. Oh. That would be glorious. I need a Bob Ross. I just just imagine. Like I need air to breathe. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yes, yes, it would. Ryan Reynolds or Dr. Ryan Reynolds is Bob Ross. Oh my god! I've just I've just <laughs> sold a movie. That's it. All right. Uh, next up, <laughs> let's see. Next up, a uh, big Oscar contender this year on the basis of sex. This is a Ruth Bader Ginsburg biopic with Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think this movie looks good, but dear God, what a horrible song choice. Uh, yeah, that, I was cringing. It was right. bad. The pop song they use is just terrible. It's awful. Yeah, it was, it was not um, fun. But Felicity Jones looks really good. Army Hammer looks really good in it. Good, good cast, solid director. And the shots look good. The storyline look good. Performances look good. That music choice just really threw me off. Agreed. Um, obviously, this is a big-time Oscar play and a very relevant film. True. So, All right, yeah, so uh, what's next? What, what was the Overlord. Other one? Overlord. This is basically Nazi zombies, the movie, and it looks... Yes. <laughs> it, it looks, looks fun. like a ton of fun. It looks awesome. It looks like a bad movie, but it looks like a fun popcorn flick. And that's what I like. Yeah, that's exactly the sort of movie you just go with some friends, maybe see it in IMAX, and you just throw some pop, shove popcorn in your mouth. And, (laughs) like, Inverse Superman? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's one of my favorite memories. Which one? Batman vs. (laughs) Superman and seeing it with you and Jonah. And just roasting the movie the entire Did time. Did you read the piece at a Wall Street Journal today? There are still DC people, fans, who legitimately think at Warner Brothers Hall H panel on Saturday that they're going to announce the Snyder Cut. This is like a legit thing people think. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. It, it doesn't exist. <laughs> let it go. Be like Frozen 2. Let it go. I, I, there has a someone that's like close to the movie, their quote in the article that's like, Jesus Christ, let it go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're not going to... Snyder himself says, hey, there's not a cut, which I think he has said. So right. I died laughing reading that, that piece, though. That was hilarious. It, it, it yeah. was so funny. Um, but yeah, Overlord, it just looks like a ton of fun. I, yeah, absolutely. It's due out... Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go back see it. a couple of weeks, so it's now coming out November 9th, along with The Girl in the Spider's Web and The Animated Grinch, which looks offensively bad. I'm so sorry, Benedict Cumberbatch. I know you need money. I thought they were going to have him do, like, the Smaug voice as the Grinch. I was so excited when they announced him, and he, they did not allow him to do that voice. That was the way they needed to go. And said he... As soon as I saw that it was illumination, I gave up all hope that well, I well, yeah, had for it. So kind of sounds like this, Max. Like I'm like, dude, he is like the mo- one of the most terrifying voices. Like would have been perfect for the Grinch, and you basically made him like do his Doctor Strange voice. Trash, trash. Like even Jim trash. Carrey, Jim Carrey trash. did it better. Just awful. All right, now for the moment you've all been waiting for. This is a TV show trailer, but let's talk for the for the DC Universe uh, streaming platform. Let's talk about Titans. 
Oh boy, this show looks horrendous. Right. <laughs> it's so bad. All right, first of all, sorry. Uh, uh, language upcoming will mark the episode as explicit. So fast forward like 15 seconds if you want. Robin straight up said, fuck Batman. <laughs> this dude. What about Batman? It's fuck Batman. Batman. <laughs> Where's Batman? Fuck Batman. I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this looks interesting. And then he said that, and I was like, oh, oh no. And oh, then it just bad. continually got worse and worse from there, which is unbelievable. I honestly, I don't think, I don't think I finished it. I got, I got to the part near the end, but I didn't finish the trailer because I, I had to stop because I was laughing. It so looks so bad. Oh my gosh, it's and so there- bad. He, st- he steps on a dude's neck and kills him. It sounds like the crunching of a potato chip or someone just bit We are going to talk about sound effects later because we're going to talk uh, later in the episode. Oh gosh, later so in the bad. episode, I'm going to be reviewing Skyscraper, aka The Rock versus a <laughs> Paul And we, first of all, we're going to oh give a God. very, very short non spoiler review for it, but we are going to go so deep, deep on spoilers for this movie. And oh boy. I have some fun stuff. And if you, by the way, if you get angry over skyscraper spoilers, I don't know. I honestly don't know. This is the, it's the most predictable movie that's ever been made. The Rock wins. The Rock wins. Wow. What? I never saw that coming. Oh boy. Wow. Who would have thunk that the highest paid actor in Hollywood saves the day? Wow. Wow. Man, what a, Trash trailer Titans was though. It's so bad. So it's Robin and I think Raven. Yeah, they're in like a it looks like a great interrogation room. Seems like Robin's a cop. Great stuff. And and he's which the Robin thing to do unless it's uh Red Hood and not you know, it's Tim Drake instead of it being uh whatever what is his name? The circus one. I can't remember it. Dick yeah. Grayson. There it is. is Dick Grayson. Because uh, remember, okay. at the very beginning, Raven walks in and she goes into the circus and says, like, the Flying Graysons or something. I, and oh, I saw that right. shot. I was like, that's I right. saw that shot. That, I, I, am, I am more upset now. You know what they could do and have it work Nightly. really well? I think yes. it's still a movie that's in development somehow. I, yeah, I still don't know what Warner Brothers is doing, but... Uh, again, I, at that point, I was like, this is no, bad. I, I saw that. I was like, okay, I see where you're going. Interesting. And then the minute Robin Hood, the minute Robin says, and again, I apologize to any, any younger listeners. The minute he says, fuck Batman, I died laughing so hard. I was out on the trailer immediately. Yeah, that's when I clocked out. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. What a, what a trailer. What a show. Uh, they also announced the price points for the streaming service. You can either pay $8 a month, which is probably more than this Disney streaming service is going to cost, or right around the same, or a flat 75 bucks for the year. That's awful. I he's up oh, breaking news for TV, it appears. Um, September 7th, Netflix, Iron Fist Season 2, so that you don't have to watch it on September 7th, just so everyone knows. Okay. Uh, they got rid of the last showrunner. Yeah, I might give this season. The, the so it's going it's to be good. I might give I this season a shot. That first season. He's, he's in Luke Cage season two. 
yeah. not really kind yeah. of spoiler kind we of not. he's in Luke Cage season two he's he's a Good. lot better I, like he's so much better the choreography was better his lines are better it just what a he, he's better. garbage show that first season was though I'll be honest I didn't think I know it was you didn't awful. I know you didn't think it was awful I gave a I gave it a couple episodes I was like Jesus Christ I'll be I'll be honest though Ward Meacham and uh, Colleen Wing were the two saving graces right. of that show what a what a garbage first season of a show. Just just that. Just ask I mean I'm dear a, dear friend of the program, Trill Withers. He's a huge fan, clearly. Just just look look at the Inhumans. It wasn't as bad as that. Same showrunner. <laughs> yep. It was. He I also pretty ground. sure he's the one that took over like the second half of Dexter and ran that show into the ground. What's his name? I'm gonna look him up. Scott might be right. Buck. Honestly, I think he might be right. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. When Dexter. did he take over for De- for Dexter? Um, I'm looking up. Hold on. Uh, he he was he was. I know he was an executive producer. I don't know if he was right. a showrunner. He though. took. Um, let's see. He wrote for the show. Two thousand six. He took over. Took over show, and that yep, was so that's... really when it went downhill. Because season five was meh, and then the original showrunners left, and then he took over, and it really went downhill from there. Because season six was actually my least favorite season. Season four is the best. After John Lithgow, it gets it declines. So By far, after that, the best season is probably season seven. It's not good though. Oof. Yeah. Season seven. Season seven's actually really good. I actually thoroughly enjoy Show, that. Season. Showtime makes shows run too long, like no other network. And the first half of season eight was good. So that's your breaking news there. All right. While we're still on TV and trailers, the big big TV news. Oh, also while while I'm gonna change the subject real quick. While we're on the topic of shows, they probably release. That's what it's looking like. What What did you say? You cut out. Because there's three. Uh, Marvel's Daredevil okay. season three, or the Netflix, will probably yeah, release that's in what December. I'm thinking. Yep, because it's three months after uh, Iron Fist. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Daredevil a hundred times more than I'm looking forward to Iron Fist. But the big TV news of the day. Agreed. Speak, speaking of the Disney, the Disney streaming service, Star Wars: The Clone Wars is coming back for twelve more episodes. Um, an actually good show. It gets off to a slow start, but it's an actually good show. Once you actually figure out what order you're actually supposed to watch the show in. Look up the chronology on Google. Yeah, that's the way you have to do. Yep. Which sucks, but I mean, it works. Correct. Um, yeah, it's not good, though. Um, no. that, that they aired an entire show out of order. It's not good. Kind of like... Firefly too. Firefly only ran for like a season though, season or two. So like, yeah, but they aired the episodes out right. of order. Well, especially in that second yeah. season because they were canceled, so they were just throwing them on whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. But I'm looking for Dave Filoni has obviously done an awesome job with these animated Star Wars shows. Uh, Clone Wars really mm-hmm. caught on. Twelve new episodes for the streaming service. It becomes their second original series that's announced for this service. Along with John Favreau's Star Wars show, as it as in Chef, but John Favreau, <laughs> <laughs> Chef, yeah, that's yeah, Chef. Was a little inside joke there. 
Maybe maybe Elf with John oh, Favreau. Yes. Elf director John Favreau. Yes. Little inside joke there. Uh, yeah, I'm, again, like it, it, Clone Wars, an actually good show, and I'm looking forward to seeing new episodes. Well, I, I I hate to sound so. I, I'm looking forward today, to seeing. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to Ahsoka Tano and Anakin Skywalker and their their relationship because that was great. Yeah, that really. And also, m- and also more Kenobi based off of the greatest actor in the prequels, Ewan McGregor. Correct. So, so yeah, that's the big one. All right, now we're going to get into our reviews. Do you want to get into reviews, or do we want to get into our meme Reddit segment for the week, or do we want to save that for next week? Uh, no, nah, let's do reviews. All right, let's, we're, so we'll come back to our meme segment next week. We're going to come up with a good one for next week, or a Reddit, or something. Yeah. I'm, exci- I'm excited for this new segment. It's very, very good. Um, but our <laughs> review, so we have three movies we're going to review. TJ's going to handle one. I'm going to handle two. Um, I think TJ, are you going to do spoilers for Hotel Transylvania? I'll do slight okay. spoilers. I won't spoil so them. Actually, we, yeah, I'll do a, I'll do a small non-spoiler and a small. Later. Uh, I'm going to do a only yeah. non-spoiler for Sorry to Bother You, because I know it's only, it's expanding this week and over the next few weeks. It's not it playing everywhere in the country, so I want to give people a chance to to experience it without spoilers, because I think if you're spoiled on this, it doesn't have the same effect. I know it's wild that comedy you can't spoil, but it, it exists here. And then I'm going to go short non-spoiler, and we're going to close the show. I think it's only right we close the show with this skyscraper spoiler review, because, oh boy, we have some stuff to talk about. There are yeah, so we'll go plot points that are majestic. <laughs> yeah, so we'll go Sorry to Bother You, then I'll do Hotel Transylvania 3, and then we can all right, do you want to start with Sorry to Bother You? So we're going to do the, all the non-spoilers yep. first. And then we'll do our sign-off yes. like we usually do for those that don't want to be spoiled, and then we'll jump in. So, Sorry to Bother You, for those that, you don't, that don't know, um, as I teased at the beginning of the show, way back when, whole like 40 minutes ago, um, is a comedy written and directed by Boots Riley, uh, a rapper as part of the group The Coup, uh, or The Coop, I should say. It could be either one. I don't know. I haven't bothered to look at the uh, the pronunciation, which is not not great on my part, for preparation wise. But um, it stars <laughs> Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, Army Hammer, Patton Oswalt, Terry Crews, David Cross, Danny Glover, Stephen Yoon. Uh, and uh, Jermaine Fowler, I believe. And it follows Cassius Green, who is down on his luck. He's broke. Uh, he's living in his uncle's basement, driving a garbage car. And he gets a job at a telemarketing company. And he's having trouble, you know, selling products until Danny Glover introduces him to the white voice. which he, Where he becomes an excellent... Uh, telemarketer and he's creating sales out the wazoo and he continues to climb the corporate ladder um, but there's a lot more to it than that um, this film works as a comedy it works at, at part suspense it works part horror it works as part um, uh, big time political satire it, it's all a social commentary on the economy and servitude and capitalism and 
so many other things. I think it's really, really brilliant. I don't want to give away this movie's secrets because I think to give away the secrets of this movie uh, really ruins the experience, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the last like 30 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, it's really, really well done, though. It's incredibly well written. For a first-time screenwriter and director, Boots Riley does a, a phenomenal job. Um, visually, he has some incredible ideas. Like when Cassius is making a telemarketing call, he drops into the room with the person he's calling. So they're like physically in that mm-hmm. same space, which leads to some very awkward humor at times. So he, he uh, I don't want to give that joke away, but... There's a, a, a one that is particularly like, oh, my God, uh, he, he, that happened. There's a couple of great jokes involving that in the movie that are, are very, very funny. Um, the performances are excellent. Lakeith Stanfield has a very difficult job in this movie, and he is excellent, as he is in almost everything. Um, Within the first five minutes, he goes full Darius from Atlanta. He gets to do his Darius thing. And over the course of the movie, um, his performance continues to get better and better and better. Um, He is, I think, one of our more underrated, talented actors right now. And him getting a lead vehicle like this in in such an excellent film is awesome to see. Tessa Thompson's great as always. Army Hammer is more than charismatic in the time he's on screen. Um, and that's all he really has How to How is be. David Cross in this movie? What? How is David uh, Cross David in this Cross movie? David Cross is voice only in this movie. He is uh, Lakeith Stanfield's <laughs> white voice. Uh, <laughs> that he uses to sell yeah. products. Um, but uh, again, there's so much more to this movie than just what the, the trailer brings. Um, it is so well done and so brilliantly crafted, so brilliantly written. Uh, I think I give this movie a nine out of ten. I, it's one of the better movies I've seen so far this year. It's prob- top five. It's I think it's the best comedy I've seen all year. As much as I loved Game Night, I think this movie's funnier than Game Night by yeah. a wide margin. There's some great laughs, but also some great moments of seriousness. Um, it's it's just really well done. It's really well done. I implore you all to go see it if it's playing in your area. It's going to continue to expand over the next couple of weeks because it's doing really, really well in the the theaters it's playing in Uh, thus far. It's expanding to 1,050 screens this weekend, I believe. So it'll be in over 1,000 screens. Go check it out. It's very worth it. It's one of the better movies and more original, inventive movies you've seen all year. If you're tired of sequels and blockbusters, this is the movie for you. It's excellent. So, yeah, 9 out of 10. Sorry to bother you. Non-spoiler. That's all, I, that's all we're going to give. All right, now we're going to go over awesome. to TJ with Hotel Transylvania 3. We'll do a short non-spoiler. So Hotel Transylvania 3. Is surprisingly really I, I good. I still don't believe you on this, but go ahead. I swear. So it's actually the best one out of the three. This can't be real. I promise you. I I'm refuse not kidding. to believe you. So me and my mom had a movie night. And we decided to go see this movie because it was something that we were both at least somewhat moderately interested in seeing. 
So we decided to go see it, because why not? Movie night. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the first five minutes, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be bad. And then as it kept on going, it got better and better and better. And the jokes got funnier, and it was just surprisingly, it was just surprisingly good. And don't get me wrong, it's still, uh, you know, still a kid's movie and everything, and there's still some mediocre jokes in there. Right. And it's by far not the best comedy this year, but it was still surprisingly good. And I was surprisingly entertained by it. Um, yeah, that's about it. You have a grade you want to give it? I'll give it a seven. Seven. Because it it, it, it was good. It was above average. All right. We're going to get into some non-spoilers about Skyscraper first. A real quick non-spoiler. Guys, if you, if you want The Rock in dumb action movies, as all people should, I, I, have, I have found the film for you. This is the dumbest movie I've seen all year by a wide margin. It is absolutely incredible on every possible level. It is... Is it the dumbest, dumbest movie you've ever what? seen? Is it the dumbest one you've like ever seen? The Rock or just in general movies? Just it's not the dumbest movies. movie I've ever seen, but it's up there. It's really, really stupid. Oh boy. Think about if and rock think movies, about I'm if sure Die close. Hard were stupid and not very good. That's what this movie is. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was going to be Die Hard. I didn't. I didn't realize it was going to be that Die yeah, Hard. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's a very special film. Oh, oh, so it's 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 Die Hard's special it, little brother. Yes. In okay. so many ways. I'm going to miss Sicario in theaters. I'm looking at Showtimes for the weekend. I'm going to miss this movie. That's okay. You know what? We'll figure it out later. I'm not going to kill myself over it. Um, <laughs> the, the Rock does incredible Rock things. Um, there are plot holes and, and hysterical moments galore. The, the jump off the crane is as glorious on screen as you would think it is. It to, and as funny and glorious to watch as possible. I was having a ball with this movie. I was laughing even when I probably wasn't supposed to laugh. Uh, not in like a bad way, but like, oh my god, that's so stupid way. But it was, mm-hmm. it, it was entertaining in that way. Um, mm-hmm. And boy, there are there is one moment, especially towards the end, we're going to talk about in the spoiler review that is unbelievable in how stupid it gets. It's it's a solid like five minute sequence that might be the dumbest five minutes I've ever seen in like the second act. I I, I hope you're going to go into this in the spoiler round. Oh, we spoiler review. We're going to go all in. I want to describe think... this movie in big time detail because I know you don't mind. Oh. And I think it's going to no. make for great humor just hearing you laugh your ass off. It's okay, going to be good. great. Um, uh, I'll, I'll spoil a little bit of a Hotel Transylvania. Oh, absolutely. Three, two, because there, there, are, there are parts that I, I need to spoil. I need to talk uh, about I this. will say, the strong, one of the strongest things about this movie, Nev Campbell's very good in this movie. Nev Campbell is uh, uh, the, the female lead. Who's, who's Nev Campbell? I don't, I don't know. The Nev Campbell, she was also the lead in Scream. Oh, okay. Like the original Scream, she's Sydney. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. she plays the Rock's okay. wife. I, in this movie. That's why I was like, that name sounds familiar, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Man, this movie telegraphs plot points in an unbelievable way. It's absolutely incredible. 
Uh, I'm gonna give this movie a solid like four or five out of ten. Like it's. Is it by far the worst movie you've seen this year? It's like in a way where it, like it's not awful, but it's also clearly not good. But it is the perfect movie to just shove popcorn in your face and laugh at the entire time. It's beautiful in that yes. way. Great. If, and if that's what you want this movie to be, you are in the best of you. You are in very good luck. That's what I was expecting to come out of this movie. It's it's glorious on so many levels. All right, so All right. let's go. So ahead. we're going to go into our spoiler round, guys. So you know what this means, as always. We're going to do our quick little sign off before our spoiler reviews. TJ, yeah, go ahead and plug your social media. Uh, I am on Twitter at the TJ Blink. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Ferrara Five. The blog be updated coming soon. We're gonna find some some more interesting things to do with it next week. Uh, we'll give a little tease for next week. Next week, a already Bo Burnham approved episode. I'd just like to point this out. Yes, he 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 Bo liked Burnham. he liked my tweet about this. I am going to be reviewing Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade. His his directorial debut. It's opening up in Boston next week. Uh, I'm really excited. So we're gonna. Talk, I'll talk a little bit about it on the podcast next week. Um, stunningly, based on the reviews, and I think I'm actually gonna have a blast. I think I'll be reviewing Mamma Mia on here next week. Mamma Mia, here we go again. My my, how can I persist you? It's you. rocking. A eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Certified fresh. And 80%. I'm Are you dead serious. serious. How? <laughs> I can't believe it either. <laughs> uh, Mama Mia, here we go again. Doubles down on just about everything fans loved about the original. And bye bye, how can fans resist it? That's the critics' consensus. Average score 6.2 out of 10. I feel huh. like I'm going to go and just have a ball for like 90 minutes. So I feel like you're going to hate it. But you know I love musicals. Yes, I yes I do. So, I feel like I will enjoy it at that point for like two hours. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's Lily James, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. Good for you guys. So we'll, we'll talk about Mamma Mia next week. Um, possibly also, if I can get to three movies next week, I've only been able to get to two the last couple of weeks. Maybe Equalizer Two, where Denzel Washington just gets to shoot people. The first one was pretty good. This one does not appear to be very good, but gosh darn it, I'm no. paying for $20 a month for movies. I'm going to use it. And then, of course, in two weeks, we'll have our big Mission Impossible Megapod. I'm yeah. beyond excited to see that movie. Turns out it's actually good. I, I can't say I'm surprised, but... Uh, since Rogue Nation, apparently they've got Rogue better. Nation is dope. Yeah. All right. But for those of you that are not here for sticking around for the spoiler reviews, we'll see you next week. And for those of you that are, we're right here because we don't actually cut off after that. We just keep right on rolling. <laughs> All right. Let's do Hotel Transylvania first because I think Skyscraper gets to, should, should close this episode. Oh, I totally agree. Okay. So you want to know what saves the day in this I'm movie? I'm ready. Literally the Macarena. <laughs> And it's it it's actually done really really well. So the main the main villain is Van Helsing and his like great granddaughter. 
right? And if you don't know, Van Helsing is a famous monster right. hunter he's, vampire. He's a vampire folklore, hunter, right? Him and Abraham yeah. Lincoln. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there. In fact, no in fact, his name is Abraham vampire is, hunters. In fact, this guy's name is Abraham Van Helsing. <laughs> so, the whole thing is that they, the 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 cruise is a trap, obviously, to to kill all the monsters. And they go to the lost city of Atlantis to get this old, like, family heirloom, in quotes, because that's what they call it. Um, and it's actually what destroyed Atlantis and brought it underneath the sea. Right. Right? So they open it up, and it turns out it's sheet music. So Van Helsing, the synthesizer for the, the DJ at the dance party or whatever, and starts playing the music, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, dark. And it controls it and gets it to attack the little island and the ship that the monsters are on. So, in order to battle it, uh, Johnny, who is the human love interest for the daughter, right. he's a DJ too. So he has to start Forgot playing about that happy music. Point. Jesus Christ! Yes, he has to start playing happy music to battle it. Right? This might be dumber than Skyscraper, by the way. This is unbelievable. Go ahead. Okay, I can't remember what the first song was off the top of if my it, head. If it wasn't Happy the, by Pharrell Williams, we'd riot. Oh, I don't think riot. so, but the, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. But the second one was Don't Worry, Be Happy. <laughs> what am I, actually, an all-time great song, if we're being real here. Don't Worry, Be Happy is a classic. True story, my dad went, yeah. uh, my dad went to go see Bobby McFerrin in concert one time because he was at performing at the college that my dad teaches at and he did everything but he won't he won't perform don't worry be happy like in concert because everyone requests it and he doesn't want to do it so therefore he will never you'll never see him perform it live i'll just go to youtube and see him performing it live god tier song (laughs) anyway and then and then that song doesn't work so he plays the macarena and so it's literally deus ex macarena so 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 don't worry, be happy doesn't work, but the Macarena does. Yes. That's terrible. <laughs> That's just <laughs> awful. <laughs> I told you I had to. I told you I had to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. That's. That I, I promise dumb. you, it's much, it's, it's much better executed than it sounds, I, I, but I, I actually I got, a, I got a kick out of it. That. I was actually laughing. I refuse to believe you on that. I can't, I can't make this up. <laughs> He oh was boy. playing right. like a sad That's Drake all... song that was like the first track. He's playing in my feelings. Everyone's doing the shiggy. Kiki, oh, do man. you love me? <laughs> all right. Yeah. So let's let's move on to Skyscraper because that's all I'll say about uh, Hotel Transylvania. Right. It was surprising. Skyscraper. Where do we begin? Uh, we can talk about either that really I, bad sound effect or the five-minute scene. I feel like we scene. should go for the beginning because there is oh, there's boy. a lot. All right, so the movie opens. There's like a SWAT team storming some like cabin in a snowy woods. <laughs> this is out of nowhere. This is not how okay. it should go. And the Rock is part of said SWAT team. It's some father who his wife has left him, and he's come back and taken his ex-wife and kids hostage. This is a. This is how the movie begins. So they storm the cabin. 
And The Rock successfully negotiates the guy to put the one of his kids down without shooting him, even though they could have. Sh- he had a friend, uh, a teammate, like set up basically with a shot. Doesn't take the shot. Doesn't realize the guy's wearing a suicide bomb vest, and he blows up everything. This is how The Rock loses his right, le- his left leg, and in the end meets his wife. This is. This is how the whole movie begins. It's like the first five minutes of the movie. Wow. So if you think that's stupid, boy, you've, you, you haven't even begun. So the next, the next time we see, it's like six years later, we fast forward, and we've officially made it into the skyscraper. They waste exactly no time getting to the tall building aspect of this. And The Rock is conducting some sort of third-party insurance investigation to make sure that the top half of this expensive building can be insured. This is this is the beginning of the whole thing. Wait, wouldn't the whole wouldn't the whole building already be Only insured? the bottom half was insured. Well, that doesn't make sense. Don't ask. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so we find out he goes, yeah, one of my best friends, who happens to be the guy who had the shot lined up at the cabin all these years ago. Job. I, I, know, I know I'm going to crush it. So immediately I'm like, okay, this guy either dies tragically or betrays The Rock within the first 30 minutes of the movie. It's, it's telegraphed that plainly, okay? And both happen, by the way. Both of these things happen. So he betrays him Correct. and then he dies. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I haven't, ladies and gentlemen, I have not seen this movie yet. That's how predictable this is. Okay, right. It's that telegraph. All right. So they give him this iPad, essentially, that he needs to conduct um, his investigation at their off-site security uh, facility. And after that, he can basically... uh, he could sign off the building as insured, da da da. But this tablet with his facial recognition gives him complete administrative control of the entire building and its technology. What? <laughs> okay, so this is your MacGuffin. It's this friggin' iPad. I'm not okay. Lying. This is this is Oh, I know right. I know you're not. So, that's why I'm so, so shaken by this. right? They're on a boat going over to this off-site facility, and someone steals the rock's bag, attempting to take the tablet. All right? Oh, my God. But he's got the tablet in his jacket pocket the whole time. <laughs> so there's an entire, like, chase sequence involving the guy that took, supposedly took the tablet that is all for naught. None of it matters. In the meantime, however, the rock gets stabbed in the arm, and there's, like, no repercussions later on. It's absolutely wild. Okay. <laughs> Is it the same arm that he tries to hold, pull himself up to the skyscraper with? Uh, oh, we'll get so much more into the skyscraper later. Oh, boy. All right. There is some incredible tall building-related action in this film. In the meantime... So some like Russian dudes, because of course they're Russian, um, go into the skyscraper and they start essentially they break in through the side of the building and they start basically pouring this sand that can light on fire when it's wet. 
Okay, so this is your this is this is your further plot, right? Meanwhile, the Rock's family are supposed to be out viewing pandas, but one of the kids gets sick. So the kids aren't supposed to be in the building, but yet here we are, okay, as this whole plot is going down. So now all of a sudden uh-huh. we have innocent people in the building. This is the catalyst for the entire oh, rest oh of the no. film. Is the Rock trying Not to save his family? People. Because of course it is, right? And <laughs> in the end... Uh, the Rock gets brutally beaten up. They steal the tablet. They use his facial recognition. And these bad guys, in the end, uh, a mix of Russians and Chinese people, because, of course, ha- now have access to the entire building's technology. Because the owner of the building was stupid enough to give The Rock complete administrative control. This is this is real. So now we've officially basically ended the first act of the film. That's only the first act? Pretty much. All right. So now the building is officially lit on fire. First of all, we have no idea why they're doing lighting set building on fire and doing all that, all this stuff. And we don't find out until there's about 20 minutes left in the movie. So we don't know okay. the villain's motivations for like the first 90 minutes of this thing. Oh my God. <laughs> it's next level. Turns out there's some sort of like extortion plot going on. It's all about money because of course it is, right? But of course, The Rock realizes the building's on fire. His family's in there. He's got to do something. The, uh, the police think he's involved with this crime, crime because obviously they caught him being... Uh, battered and beaten in an attempt to steal this tablet. So they think he's in on it. Of course. but Because he, like, is running away along with everyone else. But, of course, The Rock also is on a prosthetic leg. So... How could he? But at the same time, he does. This leads to him needing to find a way to the building because the police have it all blocked off. And, ladies and gentlemen, we get to to the, the centerpiece of the movie. The crane jump. So he get. <laughs> I'm not. So ready he for this. gets to the crane, okay. And the yeah, he gets the, to the elevator crane. is locked. So this is real, and he doesn't run out of any strength or energy as this is happening. He climbs up the entire crane. He Congratulations to him! The entire crane. Now, mind you. The, the use of energy does not come back to bite him. It, it is not, there's no repercussions for this in any way later in the film, I'd like to point out. Because later he climbs up about 20 floors on a rope with one leg. We'll get to that later, or even further. All upper body strength. And, and he does it perfectly, no problem. Congratulations to him. That's an achievement. It also makes absolutely no sense. It's the best. All right. Oh no! So he hits the. That's why it's so he hits the impossible crane jump just before the cops are about to catch him. And and he ends up in the building. Meanwhile, this is all being telegraphed on live television in in Hong Kong. So everyone is like cheering for the Rock. He's basically being hailed as a national hero. (laughs) When the police call are calling. Right, they believe he's in on it. So he gets in, he yeah. finds uh, one of the 
building's owner that one of the building's owners associates turns out to be in on the whole thing and tries to kill people and of course that doesn't work out because it's great so he goes to try to get the rock's son daughter and wife who are now lower in the building as the building is on fire uh they've gone down into this giant garden that they built in the middle of the building because of course they have and with a waterfall and everything. Now, mind you, oh, very important plot point. It's about to come up for comedic purposes, for my own comedic purposes, I should say. The sun is asthmatic and in the middle of a fire. Okay? Yes. Yeah. So, throw so the, you should be dying. We had to throw the asthma angle in, correct? The sun, no problem, is like running. He's jumping. At one point, he starts to have trouble breathing. And I'm like, well, this is the end for him. And then all of a sudden, a giant pole that's on fire falls over, and he just runs, has no trouble breathing anymore. It just all magically goes away. It was one of the most breathtakingly hysterical moments I've seen in a movie in a very long time. I turned to my brother, and and we were like, this is, I was like, what is this movie? And my brother, seriously, this is about halfway through the movie, he leads in and he whispers to me, he goes, this is so beautiful. <laughs> of course, Christopher well, of course, would do I mean, this. This is the most glorious film ever. So of course, meanwhile, yeah. The Rock is literally... The, so the bridge that is connecting the two halves, the mother and the son end up apart. Right? Because the fire comes in and takes be- out be- half, because the of course. Bit, half the bridge. So they put a wooden plank... Mm-hmm on a bridge that is not going to hold, essentially, to try to go get the sun on the other side of the... And the rock, this is Uh real, is holding the half of the bridge to make sure it doesn't go. He's, like, pulling on ropes, holding the bridge together before it collapses. And, of course, it collapses only after the mother and the son come across. This is this this is real. By the way, we're maybe like 40, 45 minutes into the movie at this point. Maybe an hour. Oh my There's gosh. still so much more gloriousness to come. Uh, then he's got to send the mother and the son down to elevator to try to get them out. So they fall like ninety stories, and she and the wife is able to pull the emergency brake in time to slow them down and get them to the bottom floor. So congrats. No, to... that's not how it works. So so congrats to them. They get out. The, the the daughter, on the other hand, has been taken by the Russians and the Chinese here. Okay. Oh fine. So here's your this motivation. Is glorious. Get this flash drive with the extortion information on it. Yeah. Or they throw the daughter off the roof of the building. This is the choice the rock has right. So suddenly this pivots from a rescue movie to a heist movie about halfway through its runtime. Beautiful. Because this, of course. This movie completely flips genres about halfway through. I've never, again. All right then. So we're, we're still only about halfway through the movie. Meanwhile, uh, the wife and the son get out. And the cops take them in for questioning because they still think the rock is in on it. And the the wife, played by Nev Campbell, manages to figure out 
that the villains are going to parachute off the roof of the building and land in this construction site that's on the other side. And, of course, they, they don't trust her because they still think the rock's in on it. And then, of course, she convinces them to trust her, and it all works out in the end because, of course, it does, right? Be- because, of course. So, in the meantime, the building's owner who has this flash drive has locked himself in his, like, head in his quarters, which are guarded by weapons-grade titanium doors, and there's no way for the rock to open them unless he goes through, and let's get very ready, high-speed turbines on the side of the building that create all of the building's energy. There's no way to get to it from the interior of the building, especially with it on fire. And he has to flip a switch inside of these turbines, get back out of the turbines, climb outside on the outside of the building again, and get back in to open the doors. Okay? This is where we have reached maybe the funniest moment of this movie. The funniest scene, easily. So he breaks it with a... He breaks a window with like a tiki... Like a tiki head, right? And he ties Mm -hmm. a rope to it. So he's rappelling on the side of the building. He somehow makes it through the wind turbines. Flips the switch, gets back to the other side of the building. This This is not the problem. But... At some point, some piece of the building comes and knocks him off balance. And he's hanging basically head down towards the ground off the side of the building with the rope only attached to his foot. But, of course, he was not smart enough to tie it, to tie the rope around the foot that's not prosthetic. Oh, no. He ties it around his prosthetic leg that can snap off. Oh my god. <laughs> so the, the the leg is falling off. The leg is literally falling off. Right. And he's trying to reach to get the rope, and he gets the rope as the leg snaps off. So he narrowly avoids disaster and death. Because, of course. And then he completely uses upper body strength, no legs at any point, to climb up the rope like 200 feet after climbing up the entire crane earlier in the movie and gets into the window. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, the building's owner has noticed that the titanium doors are open and has already begun to close them. So he gets in, he's on one leg, he's on the ground, there's no way of him really getting up, and this is where I present to you the pièce de résistance of the film. This is... He somehow manages to, within about 30 seconds, or maybe even half a second, pull the rope and the leg up like 200 feet, untie the leg, crawl over... Alright, again, once again, everyone, sorry for the... uh... The jump there. TJ accidentally hung up on the podcast. <laughs> we all make mistakes. This is my one. I will own up to it. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> so, as I was saying, so within about 30 seconds, like I said, he manages to pull up the rope with the prosthetic leg on it, untie the prosthetic leg, crawl over to these titanium doors, 
and stick the prosthetic leg between the doors in order to make sure he can get in between in order to get into the, the owner's quarters. What? And somehow, How does this even and work? somehow the weapons grade titanium stops moving because of the prosthetic leg. I don't know what material this prosthetic leg is made out of, but it might as well be vibranium. Um, usually it's like carbon fiber. Yeah, which can't hold weapons so, grade titanium. It's true. No. So, this was the piece de resistance of the film. Because he never puts the leg back on and then takes it back off. This man literally had to crawl. <laughs> that was the moment. I, I, I was like applauding in the theater. I was like, this is the dumbest, greatest thing I've ever seen. I think this was the point of the movie where my brother we- leans in and whispers, this is so beautiful. <laughs> because it, it was. It was absolutely beautiful. And they... So the, the building's owner lets The Rock in on the extortion plot and everything, that, what the flash drive they want is. So it takes them about 90 minutes again to explain the, the motivation for the villain. And this all sets up the final third act climax between the world's most forgettable villain since Malekith and The Rock. Who? Uh, just some random dude. I said the most, re- the most forgettable villain since Malekith. I, that, that was the joke. Right. Uh-huh. There you go. Boom. I totally didn't realize you were get- joking. So, ha! <laughs> 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 that was funny, TJ. What a great joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, which takes place completely in a room that was seen earlier in the film completely made of mirrors and screens. What? So no one can figure out where anyone actually is. <laughs> For like the last like 15 minutes of the movie. So it's like that scene in John Wick 2, right? But much worse. But, but worse. Which leads to, in the end, the villain it ha- there's a hole in the middle of the room. He's about to throw the daughter behind- into the hole. Uh, the Rock is faced with the same situation that he was faced with at the beginning of the movie in that fucking cabin in the woods. Does he take the shot and potentially hurt his daughter? Or, or does he try to do it calmly? And just as the villain is about to throw the daughter down the hole, uh, The Rock says, there's just one thing you should know. I'm actually behind you <laughs> because of all the mirrors <laughs> And he watches the villain down the giant hole in the building into the fire, grabs his daughter. Meanwhile, it's looking like the building's about to collapse on itself. In the meantime, they've apprehended the other uh, criminals that were waiting for the people in the building to parachute into the construction site, the cops and the mother. And the mother finds the tablet, which is still unlocked, uh, turn... uh, Goes back to a thing in, earlier in the movie. She wants, the, at the beginning of the movie, The Rock to help fix her phone. And The Rock tells her 90% of problems can be fixed by turning things off and on again. So she turns the tablet no, off no, and on again. And no, then she the day. reboots the entire fire system, like the fire safety stuff in the building. And turns it back on and, and it saves the building. The fire goes out. The Rock's able to get down somehow it's not really explained how but the fire goes out even though the fire at this point is on like 
nine. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, how does this even work? And and the cops ask her, how did you do that? And she goes, this is real. I turned it off and on again. <laughs> so that's the joke that they ended that's the movie That's the callback, on. essentially. The Rock comes down. He reunites with the family. He asks the owner of the building, what are you going to do now? And he goes, oh, that's right. They take a helicopter off the roof. That's how they get off the building. And he goes, what are you going to do uh, now? Uh, and he goes, rebuild. I was like, so there's going to be a sequel. Yes. I, I don't think so. I don't think this movie opened well enough. And that's essentially the end of the movie. It is one of the most gloriously like, awful, stupid movies that, have ever, that has been made of this decade, probably. I, I, it's so poorly made and written, and I loved every second of it. This is why it gets like a five instead of like a three or something. Because, oh boy, is it entertaining and how dumb this movie is. And I basically oh, just boy. described almost the whole plot, and it's it's beyond, beyond. It's worth it, even if you know the plot. Like when this thing comes on HBO in like February, this is the perfect movie that's on HBO when you're hanging out with with friends who may or may not have had a little to drink at like midnight, and it's on HBO. And you're like, oh my god, guys, you have to watch this. Like that, this is the movie for that. Well, it looks like you'll be having fun I'm, in February. Oh, I'm beyond Temple excited Hill. to show people this movie. This movie is <laughs> the most stupid movie that's ever been made, and it is glorious. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. A- as you can tell, the plot is, is just unbelievable. Uh, my entire family was laughing through the whole movie. My stepmom was a, was a mess. She was, du- she was laughing uproariously as if, as if it were a comedy, which it was in some ways. Um, absolutely glorious. What a film. Skyscraper, oh a.k.a. The Rock versus the, a Tall Building. Uh, by the way, I'm titling this episode, Sorry to Bother You, It's The Rock versus a Tall Building. That's the title of this episode. That's what Ooh, I'm going with. It's good, though. That way we get to, to mix our two good jokes for the episode. The Rock versus a Tall Building, it remains actually the correct title for this movie. A movie this stupid deserves a title that stupid. Skyscraper is a terrible title, though. I'm just, I, I'm just, I don't know what to say. Yeah, you shouldn't know what to say. It's, it's actually, so if you catch this on HBO and your dorm in, like, February, I implore you to give it a watch and text me because this is going to be, it, it, you're going to be like, oh, my God, every word that you just said, that you said on that podcast is somehow underselling how stupid this movie is. Meanwhile, The Rock, by the way, ends I'm up with, like, a massive stab wound in his shoulder. Oh, I didn't even tell you about the best part. You, by the way, you were correct in the group text. This basically is, like, a duct tape commercial. The Rock basically uses duct tape for everything. He closes wounds with duct tape. He uses duct tape as a suction cup He um, to climb the side of the building. Wait, what? He basically uses the what? duct tape sticky side. <laughs> Like that's what he uses to repel the side of the building in that one scene is his rope and duct tape. Oh my god! <laughs> At one point, he he pours vodka on one of his wounds because he's trying to close the wound and treat it. So he finds a mini bottle of vodka and he pours it on the wound, and then he puts the duct tape on it. Then he looks at the rest of the mini bottle of vodka and just drinks it all. It was one of the most hysterically stupid moments in any movie I've ever seen. I loved it. 
I loved it so much. I was dying oh, laughing. Man. So much duct tape in this movie. He literally at one point goes, "If you can't solve a problem with more with if you can't solve a problem with duct tape, get more duct tape." That's a line in this movie. As as this what about the, 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 on, the that sound design thing? Oh, at one point he punches a guy, and it's the most over the top punch sound effect I've ever heard. Like like nineteen fifties cartoon punching sound effect. It might be worse than that. It oh is, gosh! It's out of nowhere. My brother turns to me and goes, "Did you hear that? Please tell me you heard that." I died laughing because I heard it, and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" This is a movie that they easily spent a hundred billion dollars on. Yeah, glorious. Yeah, it was like it was like one twenty-five. One twenty-five. Jesus Christ. I think. Let, let me double check and make sure. I've seen that. $5 million dollar movies with better visual effects than this. The first Somiland was around Ex that. Ex Machina, for example. Yeah, Ex Machina was great. Man, what was it was at? It was at... It was between 125 and 129 million. Wow. So this movie spent 130 million dollars on this. And it, in the box office so far, it's made 73 points. Eek. Actually bad. Yeah, yeah, this movie is the most glorious thing possible. <laughs> um Yeah. This is from and this is from the same guy that did Central Intelligence, which was actually pretty Oh, this good. movie is so much more stupid than Central Intelligence. And Central Intelligence is pretty stupid when you think about it. It is stupid, but I actually enjoy that movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how purely dumb this movie is. I've never seen anything like it. It is the most glorious thing of all time. <laughs> you must when it's on HBO. I don't necessarily implore you to see it in the theater, although if you can, but if, with a crowd, it is it is hysterical. Um, when it's on HBO, you you got to give it a watch. It is unbelievable. I will. Absolutely unbelievable. I will. Oh yeah, so that that's the movie of the year to be. That's immediately goes to number one. It's clearly better than everything else. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, but we have our like year end podcast. This won't be on my top ten list, but but it will. They one, will definitely be in the honorable mentions. Yes, we will one hundred percent discuss discuss this movie on the year end podcast. We'll, in some way, shape, or form, we will get come back to this because I knew this was going to be a glorious discussion, and boy, did it pay off in spades! Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you, this movie. you shouldn't believe this movie. I have to, it's a thing, it's in theaters, yeah, and made some money. It's not going to win the as of right, as of right now, it hasn't uh, some. It's some. Oh wait, it's already opened in China, so yeah, it has earned a lot of money. Yeah, this this movie is wonderfully bad. There are just movies you watch and you're like, this stinks, but it's also the best. And this is this is that. 
Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. You you shouldn't believe it. But I have to. It's absolutely incredible. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So like I said, next week, Mama Mia. Eighth grade. Uh, we'll see what TJ does next week. I'll be interested to see what he chooses to see. I guess we'll find out. Um, I want. I wanted to make it eighth grade, but that's not opening right. in North Carolina. So I can't wait to, to give a non. I, I will go non spoilers. Although I don't think this is a movie you could really probably spoil because it's just light. Yeah, but uh, so I've also noticed, by the way, too, before we we go out, our the music that I promised doesn't play anywhere but Anchor. So congrats uh, to all the Anchor listeners. You, you get to hear some, some some bangers before and after every podcast. Uh, the rest of you, we're we're very sorry. We're gonna we're gonna figure something out. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hop in GarageBand. We we might have a, a we're gonna <laughs> hop a uh, we we might have a theme song coming at some point. Ooh, we might have to work this out. I'd hate to hear it. I'd, I'd hate to, to hop it on the iPad and, and figure this out. <laughs> eh, um, it'll happen. So we'll for those of you listening on Anchor, you, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard I Might Need Security, one of the new singles from Chance the Rapper. And after this, you're going to hear 1998 Truman, a new single from Brock Hampton. Ooh. Music. Wow. Uh, it seems like um yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure out music stuff, but it seems like there's not really a whole lot of music coming out tomorrow, which stinks, but I'll take my four my four chance singles from today. Not an EP, four singles. That's I don't know why least. you couldn't just drop an EP. Like it, it'd make it so much easier instead of having to go back to aging each separate album, essentially. I just have to make a playlist out of it. Make that an EP. Essentially. Um, but yeah, next week, like we said, we have, we have, we'll have some movies to talk about. We'll have news. We'll have a whole we'll have a bunch of trailers. We'll have Comic-Con. Uh, stuff to talk about. The Aquaman trailer. Um... I also want to take on a completely non-movie related note. I want to give a, a huge shout out to uh, to Marvin Smart himself, Marcus Smart, uh, getting that bag on a four-year deal with with my Boston Celtics. Four-year, fifty-two million dollar contract. Congrats to him, and congrats to the Celtics who will get to be in my presence in, in Chapel Hill in September. Nah, but I'll be in their presence, but it'll be very great. I, I've never been more excited to see a, a, a screenshot from my friend in, in that much in a long time. Nathan sent me a screenshot. It was glorious. I was like, ah, my son, my son's yeah. going to be at, at my college. Wow. They're going to be campus. at my campus playing actual basketball. Yeah. So you best believe I'm going to that. Oh, I'm I'm definitely not surprised that you're going to that. I you shouldn't be. It, this is Dominic John Ferrari the fifth that right. we're talking about here. We like basketball here. You like also like the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So the Hornets stink. It's gonna be great to see the Celtics win a nice preseason game. Oh, they're starting to sell out a little bit. Oh boy. All right, I gotta text. 
talk with friends tomorrow officially. Figure out what we want to do. You should do yeah, that. We'll do that tomorrow. Get those student tickets, I guess. But although, although Get I don't know if Jonah can sit in the student seats. So we're about to find out. The he can get his crutches from home and at least get down the stairs. Essentially, because there's a railing. Should there be. should be a railing that that would allow. To yeah, get him I'll talk there. to everyone tomorrow about that. But yes, all right, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Films with Ferrara podcast. We already plugged our Twitter, so you heard them earlier. If you stuck around, thank you um, for li- listening to us spoil stupid plot points from m- multiple stupid movies. What a what a week it's been. <laughs> It's, it's been, been a, week. a great week for film. Uh, That'll be a great weekend for Comic-Con. Yep. We'll be back with Comic-Con stuff next week. For TJ Blankenship, I'm Dominic Ferrara signing off. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next week. And enjoy the movies.